This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hey, is this thing on? Welcome to Maddox on the Mic, a legal podcast presented by Maddox, an independent Australian law firm. Hi, and welcome to Maddox on the Mic. My name is Michael Nicolato, a partner in the Maddox Employment Safety and People team. And today I'm joined by Chris Sharolumbus, a senior associate in the Maddox ESP team. G'day, Michael. How are you going? Good. Hey, Chris. Good. So today we're going to be having a chat about what has become a really hot topic, uh, not only in Australian workplaces, but in Australia more broadly, uh, and that is looking at mandatory vaccinations in the workplace. So I think what we've seen in the recent outbreaks in both Sydney and Melbourne after both states, and I guess the country as a whole, having done so well in managing COVID and suppressing COVID, uh, is the need to really drive vaccinations as a, another, another way to um, fight the, uh, the, the virus. Uh, and when the vaccine rollout started uh, earlier this year, the government came out and said, look, vaccinations are not mandatory. Uh, it is a individual decision. But on the back of those recent current outbreaks, we've really seen businesses calling out for, for greater clarity and, and greater certainty from the government insofar as uh, mandating vaccinations. So really interesting topic. I guess maybe we can start, Chris, by having a look. You know, are there settings at the moment where vaccinations are mandatory for, for any workplaces? Yeah, definitely. And so that's that's the interesting thing that you mentioned, Michael. You know, it's 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 been a bit of a changing beast over the last little while and it's now definitely a hot topic because of what's happening, particularly in, in New South Wales and, and now in Victoria as well. Um, we've had uh, a number of um, industries that, that have been mandated to have vac- vaccinations. Principally, we've got the aged care sector, so aged care workers um, are required to be uh, vaccinated and it is now considered to be um, a condition of their employment. So an actual requirement that they are vaccinated in order to continue carrying out their work. We've also got um, similar requirements for frontline workers as well. Um, so you can see that the, the, those are examples of the government stepping in to specific industries, specific sectors to say the work that they do is of such a nature that they have to be vaccinated um, in order to, to continue carrying out their work. And I guess you can understand why if you've got someone in an aged care setting, you know, we know um, how the virus can can spread so easily in those settings. So it makes it even more important for them to be um, vaccinated. And and as I say, you know, it's it's an example of the government stepping in to actually mandate it. But even though that there are those sectors, there still is. It leaves everyone else open to the mm. question of you know if you're if you're not in that sector, uh, and if you, if the government hasn't stepped in to to mandate it um, over the top of employers. Um, what should employers be thinking about and, you know, what is the lay of the land for them if they don't yeah. have that, I guess, that cover of, of the government um, actually mandating it themselves? We've seen, yeah, so just on that, we've seen in New South Wales there's further settings. So you, you mentioned, you know, aged care, there's the quarantine workers, tra- transportation workers, um, you know, airport workers, for example, yep. in New South Wales. They've also yep. come out and said, you know, Construction workers, we've seen that uh, only recently for, for those individuals in certain declared uh, LGAs need to, to be vaccinated in order to, to enter construction sites. So we're seeing a move away from what we would typically assume or, or consider to be that, you know, that, those more vulnerable workplaces mm. to, to a mandatory, um, mandatory directions. 
So yeah, so we've seen you know, Queensland and, and New South Wales issue public health orders, South Australia and WA you know, for those frontline quarantine workers as well. But you said, you know, what, you know, what about the other workers? And that, I guess that's where the, the, the issue is so, um, so critical uh, and topical. Uh, yeah. And until we do get any further guidance, um, the, the question is, well, can employers issue a lawful and reasonable direction mm. requ requiring employees to be vaccinated? Yeah, and I think that, look, the, the previous sort of line that was being um, sort of publicised by bodies, well, by the Fair Work Ombudsman specifically um, up until recently was that, I guess the default position, and in the in the words of the the ombudsman, they were saying, "Look, the overwhelming majority of employers should just assume that they can't require their employees yeah. to be vaccinated." That was sort of the yeah. line up until recently. So yeah. that was really yeah. what I guess the most authoritative, you know, guidance that employers were being told. Yeah, yeah, and and, and not particularly helpful. No, uh, in, in the context of uh, increasing case numbers, yeah, in in both Melbourne. Uh, and Sydney. So I guess yeah. hopefully they have come out and, and updated that. Yeah, that's right. That advice. And, and they've said, well, there's now four broad tiers um, uh, in, in which a direction uh, requiring vaccination may be reasonable. So it's still, still only guidelines and advice. You know, employers can't go off and say, well, um, you know, we, we were permitted to do so and, and then use that as a, uh, as a defence to any claims. And maybe we can chat about that down the track. But Looking at those four tiers, you know, tiers one and two, uh, you know, tier one is really looking at people who interact um, with individuals where there's a greater risk of COVID being, um, being uh, transmitted or, or someone mm. being infected. So, you know, quarantine workers, for example, or, or border control. Yeah, so really, still really um, high threshold. Tier two, looking at those employees in a more vulnerable setting, dealing with people in aged care, for example, and, and healthcare. What I think we'll see the most the, the most controversy coming from would be what's termed as tier three, and that's yeah. where you've got employers who employees interact with, you know, customers, for example, or you know, uh, where there are essential workplaces that are current open, currently open in, in the in the current outbreaks. Mm. Uh, and, and lockdown settings, but still interact with individuals. And then tier four, you've got those working, those individuals who are working from home. And, and what the flow has said is, well, tiers one and two, if there's a direction, um, it would more likely be reasonable. Tier yeah. four, because we're you know, generally working from home, less reasonable. Tier three, um, that that balancing exercise that we always grapple with as lawyers, you know, is it a reasonable direction? Yeah, and that and look, tier three would be the biggest band of employees. I would say, yeah, yeah. you know, they're the ones. It's sort of they're in that middle ground. They may, you know, they would have interaction either with customers or clients or just with the public in general, yeah. um, and and with each other, just in terms of the nature of their their work. They may, you know, work in 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 settings where they are around lots of other employees as well. Exactly. Um, yeah. So that's going to be the biggest band, I think. Um, yeah. And you're right. That's when that question comes into play. What's going to be reasonable? What's going to be lawful and reasonable in the, in that context of a workforce that you know is made up of a lot of tier tier three employees, so to speak, yeah. to be yeah. able to say we are going to require you to um, to be vaccinated in order to say, for example, you know we're opening our office back or we're opening our store. Um, we need you to come in, and in order to do that, you need to be vaccinated to get through the door. And and well, the guidelines or the guidance says, yeah, tier three, consider the circumstances. So. 
is there you know, a significant community transition? If, if there is, then it's probably more reasonable. If there's less community transition, then it may not. So you can see how it's quite fluid uh, and, and it may change at any one point in time as well. Yeah. Um, and, and it does force employers to carry out that um, judgment because it's, you know, the guidelines, like I said, you know, doesn't come out, they don't come out and say you can mandate vaccinations for these tiers. Mm. It's just really that exercise in balancing what is lawful and reasonable. So, you know, for, for going back to first principles, as we often like to do, yeah, I guess it's, it's lawful insofar as an employer has an overarching health and safety obligation to, to eliminate risk. Uh, and then it's that balancing, you know, is it what is reasonable? And, and the guidance from Flow has provided some, some assistance as to making that assessment as to what's reasonable. You know, again, like I mentioned, the extent of community transmission, mm. but even vaccine availability, that's really, um, uh, that's a big one, I think. Absolutely. And tied in with the, the, um, the lag in the, the time between the first and second doses as well. You yeah. might have someone who's had one vaccine, so they're you know purportedly doing the right thing, you know, quote unquote, by by their employer, um, but they're not going to be fully vaccinated for a while. Um, so they're sort of sitting in that grey grey area. Yeah. So yeah. So it wouldn't be reasonable to come out as an employer and say, okay, we have a new policy uh, requiring everyone to be vaccinated as of one September, because like if you've got that lag, mm. people firstly may not be able to get get it or you've got mm-hmm. I would have, or if they're taking AstraZeneca the minimum I think lag or, or gap at the moment is um, recommended between eight to ten weeks so mm. still you know it needs to be quite forward looking yeah uh, and I think it's also you know uh, as well as um, looking at those particular circumstances it is looking at that overarching health and safety context as well yeah that's right and look the interesting thing with the health and safety aspect is um, here we have the, the new guidance by the Fair Work Ombudsman, which, you know, is helpful. It's not conclusive, but it certainly gives employers something to, to try and hang their hat on and at least work out a direction forward. Um, and we've also had guidance that's been released by, um, by Safe Work Australia to try yeah. and look at it yep. from, a, from a health and safety point of view. And it's interesting there as well that, um, you know, it's, it's that similar concept to say, well, the overarching health and safety obligation is to try and minimise or eliminate um, risks so far as is reasonably practicable. Uh, and Safe Work Australia has tried to engage with that, but they've actually been saying that at, at the moment, as it stands, imposing a blanket requirement that's, you know, hasn't got any provisos or sort of takes in some broader considerations is probably not going to be considered reasonably practicable for the purposes of discharging, you know, um, OHS obligations. Mm. So again, it's, it sort of ties back to what we're saying that you need to look at the wider picture. You need to look at your own operations. You need to look at the duties that the employees are carrying out the wider issues such as vaccine availability and, you know, time between two doses and also vaccine take up as well you know, all those factors would be playing into what ultimately is considered reasonable if you're looking yeah, at making yeah. some sort of, you know, mandatory direction. What other settings can be introduced to the workplace? You know, yeah. Are, is it, are they public facing, social distancing? How effective can that be? Alternating uh, rosters or shifts is, is also something, you know, to, as, as a possible consideration. So mm-hmm. really, yeah, really tricky for, for employers. We've, we've both been giving advice to employers who are considering introducing vaccination policies, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, we've been saying, well, before you go straight to the, you know, straight to the stick of saying, okay, we're, we're mandating it as of X date. Yeah. I know we've both given advice for employers to look at, uh, encouraging employees firstly. So more of an incentivization scheme, you know, 
starting with um, simple things like offering paid leave to go get vaccinated, uh, some sort of reward system, you know, vouchers, tickets, just to um, really encourage uh, employees and have that more holistic approach before you go out, okay, here's the, here's the mandate. You know, even, even food boxes, you know, like, you know, how hard is it to, mm. to get out to, to the supermarket, you know, if an employer is delivering food boxes as an incentive to uh, get vaccinated, I think, you know, we've seen uh, in some clients uh, that being taken up as well. So that's a really good idea as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you said, it's like it's the carrot or the stick. Sometimes the yeah. carrot is a, is a lot more appealing. Yeah, yeah. And then, so we've been saying if you're introducing a policy, health and safety legislation does require consultation with, with staff and, and unions. And I think you know, any sort of policy that's introduced should be uh, as fluid as possible because, you know, the landscape may change any day. We, we could have further government directions. We could have a, uh, hopefully not, but you know, an even more significant outbreak, which makes it more reasonable to, to introduce a, um, a, a mandatory requirement. So I guess it's ensuring that you do comply with your obligations to consult and, and introduce this policy, but making it nimble as possible mm. so that you can adapt to, to the changing landscape. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it is that, you know, putting it bluntly, it is that thing of what's unreasonable now might not be yeah. unreasonable in a few weeks or a few months' time. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got discrimination legislation as well, which is another factor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that's that's always a, um, underpins any of these decisions as well. And you need to take that into account, particularly where you are grappling with this concept of making something mandatory or imposing some sort of blanket requirement on your workforce. You know, everyone brings their own personal circumstances, health issues, you know, religious beliefs to, to, to the table. And you risk, you know, contravening the, your overarching you know, anti-discrimination obligations if you are going to do it without, you know, considering those, those matters as well. You know, someone yeah. might be pregnant and that might affect their ability to have a vaccine yeah. at a certain time. Um, you know, there may be um, religious reasons or other um, health reasons that, that change someone's capacity to, to get a vaccine, maybe not permanently, but for a certain amount of time. So that's a, yep. that would bring it into, you know, the, th the sorts of things that you should be considering um, if you are considering, you know, putting a policy in place. Yeah, and then, you know, can reasonable adjustments be made mm. um, if, if there is a, uh, a medical condition? You know, there's often positive obligations to ensure you know, reasonable adjustments made. So that's another factor uh, that an employer needs to, to take into consideration. So yeah. really, really difficult um, question, uh, really difficult issue. Uh, and, and you can see why the flow has come out with that guidance to, to assist employers, but it still does leave uh, a, lot of, um, a lot of issues to be navigated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we all would have been surprised if we got a black and white answer. Um, but I think at the very least, like I said, you know, at least it's guidance in, in, a, in a helpful direction. You know, we've got yeah. this idea of the tiers of employees. Now, that's at least a concept that people can start getting their heads around and to contextualise their own workforce. That helps. And it starts narrowing, I guess, the sorts of issues that, that employers should be thinking about, um, you know, to try and manage their own workforce's, you know, circumstances. Yeah, yeah, spot on, spot on. Well, I don't think this will be the last time we speak about this topic, Chris, because, um, you know... Both, uh, both on <laughs> and off mic. <laughs> we, you know, very likely to change within, um, within, you know, within a week. We, if we get further guidance, um, you know, there might be a further change in our advice, but it's really interesting, I guess, from our from our perspective in, in helping employers navigate it. So thanks so, for your time, today, Chris. So, no, so what you're saying is people should should tune in again and listen to us again, Michael. Definitely, definitely. It's a, <laughs> it's a small plug for uh, for Maddox on the mic. <laughs>
thanks for listening today. Uh, I know that it's been a really interesting topic and hopefully you've enjoyed it and got something from it. If you do have any questions arising from today's podcast, please don't hesitate to reach out to a member of the Maddox Employment Safety and People team. And look out for our further podcasts as they're due to hit in the coming weeks. And if you did like this episode, please, please rate, review and subscribe and uh, look at us wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for tuning in to Maddox on the Mic. Don't miss an episode of the show. Head to maddox.com.au forward slash podcast to subscribe. If you'd like more information on any of the topics discussed in today's episode, visit the Maddox website, maddox.com.au.